Hello and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and I have another fun fact from a listener for you. This one comes from Steven, who's been trying his hand at character rigging and folly sync in OpenTunes for the first time. And he has created a cute little animation about a wasp enjoying the simple pleasures of coming home and living in a hive. And I'm going to share that in the description of this chat, so go check out his work. This week I'm chatting with a friend and colleague of mine, Jason Agar, who is the owner of Pomelo Studio here in Toronto, where he's worked with brands like Pepsi and Tim Hortons. He's going to share his journey from the advertising world into starting his own studio and how he's using a different type of business philosophy to create what he's calling a decentralized team of creatives and what exactly that means and how it's helped him gain a competitive edge in this industry while also paying artists more of what they're worth. So without further ado, let's jump in. Hi, Jason. How are you doing? Good. Nice to see you again. Yeah, great to see you. I know we've worked we've worked together twice over the last two, I guess, year, maybe? When is the first time we worked together? Last half year or so. Half year. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eight months, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice, cute. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. But first of all, you know, I'm interested in the type of studio you are creating because on your website, uh, it says we're a decentralized team of creatives and production artists. What exactly does that mean, a decentralized team? Well, the goal is uh, with a decentralized team is to not have a, a, a top-heavy style company. Um, is anyone, everyone that I work with or hire uh, is expected to and, and run themselves like their own business, their own entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then the goal is that uh, anyone can work with anyone at the company. Uh, the company doesn't need to make up money off the work that they're doing, right? Uh, and they can bring uh, work to the company as well. Um, and the ultimate goal right now with that, and it's really infancy, I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm playing with the business model of uh, almost like a co-op, but not quite being a co-op. Mm. Um, so you're like an animation studio that doesn't have any employees, essentially. Yeah, it's another way to put <laughs> it. Uh, but we have a lot of partners uh, at, at different scales um so a partner would be like another creative person who can jump on up like they may have like after effects skills and you need somebody for a client project that needs after effects so they'll they'll jump on your project yeah that's it uh so if uh i need a certain skill for the animation uh stop frame animation hand drawn i'll I'll pull them in as uh, freelancers contractors to the company and then um in some cases actually i'll have them lead uh, the projects as well. Uh, and what makes it different is that I don't mark it up significant amounts at that point. So uh, the difference, like a, a proper co-op would might have a co-op fee. So every member of the co-op would be paying into the business. Mm. Then there'd be a whole voting structure and all these things that sort of make it really hard to make decisions at a company, any company. It doesn't have to be animation or motion design. Uh, the problem with a for-profit company is that you end up with, uh, over time, you'll end up with uh, uh, a very top-heavy model, a lot of middle management and, and, and inefficiencies uh, that sort of take away from the working dollars that go towards the people that are doing the work, Yeah. right? So the idea is to reduce the management as much as we can right? The, the, the top heavy side, and includes myself, like I'm not going to be one of these 
half a million dollar a year CEOs type of people, right? Reduce that, share the work, uh, the dollars out to those actually activating on it, incentivize them to take more ownership in the work they're doing, right? Yeah. And, uh, and then try to create better work together. Yeah. Um, so the model so far, it's only been a three years. It's, it started, you know, a uh, company of one as a lot to, it was like freelance. I was just freelancing for um, a lot of the clients I used to work with. And then over time, it's like, I'm getting overloaded. Then you start bringing in other people. So I start bringing people that uh, have been freelancing uh, with me for years. And uh, in some cases then I was like, okay, I'm going to take my fee out of this because I'm not doing anything on this project. You're managing it. You're working with the client. You're, you're handling the whole thing. So like if I personally am not adding value to the work, why yeah. am I making money on the work, right? Now, full transparency, there is a little bit of markup in there, but that's built up to try and you know manage our website, which is uh, uh, needing a bit of an update right now, uh, uh, reach out to clients, bookkeeping, all that kind of thing. Like there, there is an overhead to any company on the, on the account. Right, 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 right. So we do maintain a market there. Um, but part of that also goes towards tools. I can offer freelancers and small businesses After Effects and, and Adobe. We just pay for it on their behalf, right? I can offer health benefits, right? Um, and things like that. So at the current scale is working, as long as those individuals are operating as a company and they have income from elsewhere as well. Uh, but as we grow, I'm sure we might end up in a situation where we'll have some full-time people, probably on, on the producer side. So you mentioned it's, it was started as a company of one. Has that increased at all over three years? Yeah, I think we're probably uh, three total, thank you, myself, right? That, that are like uh, uh, relying on Pomelo for our income. Gotcha. Um, and then I've got uh, other studios that we've worked with uh when the going gets tough you know sometimes you need a team of 10 so you, right you bring on another studio uh or someone with more experience um and transparency is key in that too it's like look, we're managing this we have a client relationship clients often know that we're working with other uh, uh people with a lot of experience but we're, we brought them yeah. in we manage them we, we lead it and then we kind of all get better together so this sounds great you keep overhead low for clients so you're yeah. i guess more inexpensive than a traditional studio while giving freelancers uh more share of the the pot of the project because you said they're doing more of the value so like but you also mentioned if you're not contributing value you don't um really include yourself in that pot i guess so like say you have a project that pomelo gets but all the skills needed you hire external freelancers like myself for instance. Well uh, part of that pot could be the producer director roles. Right. right. Okay. So that there, I am adding value and coordinating, working with it, uh, detailing all the timelines, uh, managing the changes with the client, um, things like that. So do uh, you, managing... do you do more of the producer director client relations roles nowadays, or do you still, are you still doing some of the creative work where you started as a freelancer? As the projects get bigger, I'm finding I'm getting more of that producer-director yeah. role. Um, even today, I'm, I'm doing some quick changes to an animation uh, that I didn't actually run, but I'm doing that because uh, something I've learned while managing this work and being able to do the work 
as well. It's like sometimes it's a waste of time to try to communicate what the changes are to somebody. Yeah. When I could just do it myself. Exactly. Uh, it, takes, it takes like half an hour to yeah, explain. An hour yeah. To half an hour to explain and an hour for them to do it where I can just get it done, you know, 15 minutes or something because I'm so familiar. Uh, there are scenarios like that. And that's a product of being small. Right yeah. So, I mean, this sounds great. You've cut the middlemen, essentially. Uh, projects pro are more much more agile. You can do a much larger variety of work. Uh, for instance, like you aren't a stop motion or stop frame animator yourself, but you've hired me to come on projects where that's needed. Um, but what are some of the downsides? I'd expect that, um, you know, what happens if other the freelancers you or the partners you work with uh, have other gigs at the time when you need them, for instance? Like, what are some of the downsides of that is, this way. that is the downside right now. And I'm always on the lookout for more people to work with and uh, being uh, those freelancers being okay that, you know, I bring on the next person. Um, and it, it is tough. That's again, it's a, it's a growing pain. It's like, okay, I've got this project just flying into the front door and then, you know, uh, used to be nine times out of 10, I just do the work myself. Yeah. And now it's becoming more like five times out of 10. I'll, have to just jump in, spend the late night, and do it with myself. Advantages are I make the money. Disadvantages, I'm now distracted and don't have time to go and try and earn the bigger projects. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a it's a little step by step. So step so by step I also I also know people who are kind of like independent animators who will hire people they know when they get a big gig. What was the what was the decision to actually incorporate Pomelo as a studio versus you know Jason? uh jason's uh expertise as the as the artist you know uh there's a lot it's financial like incorporating versus uh uh not incorporating it's all financial so like every dollar yeah. you pull in the door i can actually retain those funds in the company and those those funds can then be used to help uh help pitch fun work gotcha uh, they could be used to uh, uh the freelancers that uh we're working with um hiring them to you know work in the demo reel like that right um i think we're getting to a point where uh, i'll be working with those uh those people to help with social media channels and things like that because it's just starting to spread out and you know what probably reality is the markets will increase a little bit as it goes up right as as we need more collective business management yeah the the markups might need to increase off of one freelancer's work versus the other but then the idea is that person will get more quality work more work from us because we're selling ourselves better yeah. and them better at the same time. Does Do clients actually know a difference of the model you're taking versus just hiring a traditional animation studio that where everybody's in-house? Do they actually know the difference? or? Yeah, or... I think they feel it. They feel yeah. it on the dollar side. Yeah. So we're... Okay, but they don't we're... know. They don't know that it's it's like a decentralized. They don't really care about that, right? Um, no, they don't. Uh, they just... <laughs> uh, but they like to see, um, let me say, service. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a large studio, they can get booked up and they're just booked up where we can kind of expand and contract as needed. Uh, Does this also change the type of work you're able to get? For instance, like, you know, uh, say a project comes across your plate where it's going to need artists for like three months. Are you able to take that kind of project or are the projects you're taking are... are that, that, it, I guess the difference is lead time. So we're a big studio that already has the team on staff. They're sitting there idle. They yeah. can take that on within a week, right? Where the yeah. larger projects, when they come in, I usually need a bit of uh, lead time. 
Uh, so like yourself, you've got uh, a, a lot of gigs on the go, but it's planned up. So if I needed you next week for stop motion, you may not be available. I'd be like, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I need to go find the next tier down. So, yeah. uh, or, you know what, I need more lead time with the client. So gotcha. usually I expect a, a bit more booking time. Or, you know what, I, I've done recently, we have a recent project coming up where uh, there's video production component, and then there's the post animation component, editing the whole bit. I don't have all the details yet, but I'm booking the team now. Gotcha. Um, so we've got that. You mentioned something at the beginning where you know you're not a, a paid a, like a multi million. Well, I'm not maybe not multi millionaire, but you know like a millionaire salary, building up a studio. Like what? And you want to give more, I guess, uh, the cut to the the partners. What is what is the reason, like, what is the underlying philosophy that you're, you're like, what is your reasoning for doing this and not, you know, making a studio where you can build up your financial hour and get rich, et cetera. <laughs> like, I, it, I thought it, everybody it starts a studio for those yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it, it comes from a long career of working in a very capitalistic type of world, advertising, uh by definition is is a, is a capitalistic uh, yeah need. you want to you want to sell yeah, many sell, products yeah. as possible yeah and make money trying to sell those products is the other thing too right so it's a uh, uh but it comes from a long career of running my own company i guess mm. uh, uh we my business partner and i uh, uh back in the day started in 20 oh 2000 five to date myself a little bit uh, it was our second year of school at OCAD um, we were doing work for an advertising agency uh, just some basic editing and animation work and they went pay you're us already you're already working you already had a business partner in your second year of OCAD <laughs> yeah yeah uh, ambitious they, from the start <laughs> he, he was working as an art director uh, for the advertising agency and then they needed animation and they wouldn't pay us until we started a small business and I was, I was like, oh, that's weird, but okay. It's probably more HST number related, I think, than, than anything. Interesting. Um, so we, we started a, a small business at the time called Stone Canoe, um, uh, based on a, a, a long, <laughs> even longer story. We gotcha. won't get into that right now, but the idea of it was it had Canadian tone to it, uh, and the idea is to, um, uh, of the name was Suspension of Disbelief. So we started as essentially production and art direction and design for other advertising agencies. And we uh, did a lot of animation, a lot of like uh, uh, web banners, and we started getting into digital uh, productions, micro gaming back when that was a thing on video, uh, micro ad for gaming uh, on mm. Facebook and everything, we did a lot of those. Um, we eventually, uh, one of the close advertising agencies we worked with invited us in to be the uh, to be the digital agency of record for HR Block, and we went through a proposal, won that, and we soon after that we very quickly started shifting our tone to be more of an actual advertising agency ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we started hiring more on the copywriting side, the art direction, creative director side to try and, and build that up. Uh, we eventually started working on media buying and selling. And that's where things started to like distract from where my interests were. 
but yeah it sounds like uh, you were kind of just going with the flow a little bit and yeah and i was going with the flow trying to manage this whole company i started getting way off the tools uh, uh still had a heart and actually one of our biggest money makers was still doing animation and advertising work for whether it's direct to client or, or to advertising agencies but both of us because we started so young we had no way to see the next step past that yeah we, we became we became a little bit heavy uh, on our end we had the i think i remember 10 full-time employees a bunch of part-time uh, and and interns and everything kind of scattered in between um but we our salaries were low back then <laughs> we managed ourselves really lean we paid ourselves probably close to the lowest of the company um wow. And we're, we did that to try and fuel growth, right? To try yeah. to get more money in the company to hire better talent that can take us to the next step. So we found that the next step was our inability to, to see what the next step was, right? And we tried consultants, we tried all these things. It just wasn't working. Hmm. Um, so we decided to look at mergers and acquisitions. Let's merge in and acquire, like someone buy us yeah. We'll use you as our, our leadership because you have 20 years on us of experience running an advertising agency. Well, I mean, we we, we looked at the, uh, a variety of companies were uh, hungry for us because at the time, digital advertising agencies were far and few between. Um, and we eventually did take a deal which kept allowed us to stay as ownership while having uh, a holding company kind of. Okay. Aside, uh, yeah, well, the company essentially manage us. Um, and it was good for a while. We learned a lot. And, and there was the painful growth part of having to let go of staff that weren't uh, needed in the new company structure. Uh, but after a little while, the holding company had financial troubles. And that led down to us, cash flow problems, and the whole thing. And oh, I, no. So now you're taking on like the, the larger company's issues. <laughs> yeah, you're taking on the larger company issues uh, and uh, okay, it's not like 100% their fault they just got too yeah too yeah, yeah. greedy too quick and <laughs> so it was all management we had like you know four people at our company and all these other advertising agencies and, and small companies were part of it had you know a couple people doing design and yeah. it was all just tiers of ceos and presidents and management and meetings about meetings for financial like uh planning and it's like all of this means nothing if we can't get the work done yeah, it's like in a went, world of business jargon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, business jargon. So I was like, okay. Uh, eventually, another advertising uh, agency joined that group. Um, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do the side. I'm going to smush ours into theirs because they had the office. They, they had a creative director. They had senior leadership. We had all the design and production. Mm. So we just smushed it together. <laughs> and then that company left the holding company because they were smart. So they, they saw the financial issues um wow it sounds like we're through the ringer of uh you know just business decisions and hierarchies and mm -hmm. and uh, it's all making sense why you chose to decentralize now <laughs> yeah so eventually i ended up working for that company for a while uh yeah. and it was good i mean they, they i learned a lot there um uh, but also saw the complications of a, as they started to get bigger too as we got bigger together saw the complications of that advertising agency structure. Mm -hmm. um, and it, and until there's a certain scale of client, that structure becomes very heavy. So if you're working yeah. on medium and even some of the lower end large 
businesses, the budgets aren't there to support the right team members, the, the, the people who are making profits end up, the pools of profits end up in a different department rather than growing the areas they need to. And it's just, ends up being a really painful growth. And uh, uh, after, uh, near the end of that term, I we had a daughter, I took a good paternity leave and, and uh, took some time to reflect. Uh, parted ways from the, uh, that agency, uh, mutually. Um, and then uh, started freelancing again. Nice. Uh, and then when I did that, I realized like, huh, I can work half the hours and make my salary. Yeah, What's right. Going on? <laughs> What's going on? How, did, how does that happen? It's like, why are, and then why are all the people I was working with, why are they getting paid so little for all the late nights and hard work, getting blamed for late nights and hard work, right? Because it goes over budget. They're not getting paid anymore for that. Right. And, it just ends up being like, and it's just the hourly billing sort of structure. It's it's no right. fault of the company. It's just the way that world works in that. Well, and, and like um, it makes sense. The work you're doing has to support so many other people. Like you, you mentioned, you know, the the hierarchy, the the CEO, the managers, the, like the work that the 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 artists are doing has to support everybody going all the way up. Versus when you're a freelancer, <laughs> yeah. all you have to so do the, is work for yourself. <laughs> the first thing I did when I was freelancer is I tested out value-based work yeah it's like you have the social media animation that needs you know mostly 2d animation with points of stock whatever it might be yeah it's going to be you know this used to cost you you know 10k because you need to work with uh, uh, a huge team and strategy you guys are art director director, all these things i was like but the clients i'm working with already have some of that task so why double up on it at my company right right yeah uh, let's not do that. Let's leverage and work with the clients, the capabilities they have in the creative. We'll take over at that point where they, they're, they're falling short, right? Um, and this, this is working for advertising. Prim, uh, Primel's primary work comes from other advertising agencies. Gotcha. We do have a handful of direct clients as well, and they're great to work with. But we see that uh, when it comes to copywriting and things like that, it, it gets... Um, it's a longer haul and all yeah. the advertising agencies, they bring that value. They bring the strategy, the planning, the, the placements of the ads, the media buying, all that. And sometimes you just don't have the animation and, and illustration capability. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I've worked for one of my first internships was for an advertising agency and they, most of it was copywriting and digital ads and stuff. And when it came to animation, it was just like, we don't know what to do here. Yeah. I'm wondering, now, you know, oh, sorry. The landscape's changed quite a bit. Yeah. These advertising agencies have brought a lot of that in house, but uh, I'm just like, thank you. Okay, good. You guys, you do the, you do all that. You do yeah. Good at. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll take a step up the up the ladder and we'll start it, doing. It almost makes right. sense because I've been on the corporate side of things too, and and every word in a in a every word of copy in an advertising campaign has to be you know approved by the manager, the director. It goes back and forth through so many things, and that you know that kind of it kind of is set up to be in tandem with what an advertising agency offers because they want that kind of treatment but with animation you know the the ceo of a of a big company doesn't really know much about animation themselves so they're like oh it looks great versus like they're so they're fine-tuning the copy and they need to go back and forth a lot i'm wondering you've been there's a bit of self-discovery in that like at the end of the day i've learned through 20 years that i can work with advertising agencies i should be working with advertising agencies i shouldn't be at 
and advertisements. <laughs> <to> you, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Because like, once I'm I, I'm buried into that, the expectations are so different. And the animation has a very hard time working hourly, right? Right. Uh, or or billings like that. Um, now it's easier if we say there's we block out weeks or months on a project, right? Because it is a longer haul or even days uh, for for like these social media posts it'll just be days. But what I found even better, and it's so weird, it just changes the mentality how everyone works. Uh, try to remove the idea of, of, of time-based billings from the individual all the way up, and yeah. everyone works more efficiently. They're less distracted by tracking those hours than they are about getting the work done effectively, because then they can move on to the next one and make more money because they get faster, they get better, and each time. And it, it's such a weird way of thinking. Uh, like, yeah. uh, I mean, I agree. Like I hate tracking my hours when I have to track my hours. Then I'm, then I'm like, Oh, did I, was I so productive in this one half hour segment versus this other versus like, if you just let it go and let the creativity flow and get in the zone, how do you, what, what, how are you paying? If it's a short-term project, are you paying, uh, like here's a lump sum, just get it done or, or like, what is yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it allows Right now, for the smaller, smaller short-term scales, it's easier to just negotiate down the ladder. So yeah. it's like the client could say, "We have a twenty, fifty thousand dollar investment on this project. Right, I'll take it. <laughs> uh, okay, right, I'll take it. But I got to break it down based on everyone who's in there. So I'll, I'll usually do my first uh, pass on it because I've had enough experience to be like, okay, you know, producing directing might be yeah. five thousand off the rate of the gate, and that just leads us down to still need producing directing, video production, or shoot, and then we still need uh, a bit of that in the post." production side and animation totally. um but then it's like okay the animator you know it'd probably take them you know three days to work on this tell you what how about we round that up to uh, 5k we'll call it two weeks because <laughs> who knows well it depends on the client too you have to have experience with the client and the uh the amount of mortgages that they yeah. tend to need and changes and things like that and the yeah. other thing that helps then is Clients get really frustrated with revision cycles and they never, literally 0% of the time, adhere to two revision cycles or whatever it might be. Yeah, right. Cycles or feedback cycles. It's always more, almost always more, right? Sometimes less. So what do you do with that? It's like, well, how about we stop focusing on, like, spread it out a little bit. So on a single project, you don't bill based on, oh, you're just coming back for, for more <laughs> it's like no the scope was for this offering uh we need you to consolidate the, the changes more it's like we get it if the urls was incorrect no problem we'll change it again and we'll change it again it's fine but don't uh like at some point it's like okay you can just instead of dinging them on on the, the revision cycle you just be like take a quick minute breathe tell us what it's going to be or whatever like it, it it just doesn't the, the feedback cycles works. What does work is feedback stages. Interesting. All right. So in in the storyboarding process, let's say it's like, look, we can go through a lot of revisions on these storyboards to a point. Like we don't want to be redoing it because then we're rescoping this whole project, right? Uh, but you follow our process of like treatments, and we'll just pick a direction, and we'll focus in on 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 the the script and storyboards and revisals a few times, uh, where it was quick and easy. At some point, we'll take those changes, we'll roll them into uh, uh, full color boards or working boards, depending on the project. 
um, and then and then take that into animation. By turning the animation phase, it should just be QA, like quality assurance, and 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 things like that. Uh, yeah. If they start changing up scenes, that's where you start building. Gotcha. That's where you start hitting them. It was like, look, we have to go back to storyboards on this. So we're redoing this completely, we're rethinking it. That's yeah. where things start to get costly. Or uh, you have to work with the client, be like, look, we're just gonna have to do less animation on this particular project to maintain it. If, if budget's priority, we'll just slim it down, trim it down a bit, we'll make it work. Yeah. yeah. Or uh, if not, if budget's not an issue, they're like, oh no, we'll, we'll keep paying. Great. Like, we'll <laughs> Thank you. That process. Yeah. Well, it's just a process, you know? It's, um, yeah, and, and I mean, then you follow that. So, and I it's mean, our the, job to guide them through that. Yeah, the projects that I've worked on with you, it's been really great to have you there because, like, then I don't have because I because you know I do my own stuff with clients too, and, and going back and forth so much. But you're somebody who like understands them, has experience, knows how to talk to them. Projects I've worked on with you, I just don't even have to worry about that because you just jump in and and take over, where I can just I can just animate and just do the thing and not have to worry about all the revisions, right. etc. So that's great. You know, you've been doing this for three years now, um, where this is, you know, you, you first started in 2005, which is like 18 years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry, losing my math there. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> crazy. How how sustainable is this new way? Because you tried the other way for, you know, a good 15 years or whatever. How sustainable do you see this new way of uh, kind of owning and operating a studio for you going forward? You know, you, you've mentioned that you it kind of fits in the small advertisement advertising space. Do you see it kind of saying the same growing? Like, is this the sweet spot? I definitely see it growing. I want to create okay. something that's self-sustained. Yeah. Um, again, my salary doesn't need to be giant on this thing. Right. But right. my value should be. Uh, well, like cost of living increases, inflation's going through. Yeah. The, like, you I know, mean, you that, need that's to make some money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're building more just to compensate for that a bit. But, um, we're not. Um, so, what is what is bigger to you mean? Does it mean like a bigger repertoire of, of uh, artists, partners that can jump on for a varied projects? Is it the yeah, bigger type it, of it's projects? Well, well managed, well paid teams, yeah. right? That uh, are, working, are working on recognizable. Okay. So right now we, we do a lot of stuff that you'd be like, oh, I, I've seen that, but I don't know where it came from or anything. It's nothing like, it doesn't resonate. Right now we're, we're trying to get back in the world with creating something that makes an impact, hmm. right? Like, uh, uh, try what would create... be an impact to you? Like, uh, it, it could be an advertising impact, like, or sorry, social impact. Let's say uh, one of our clients is ones that you've worked on. Yeah. Uh, sorry, client has got advertising uh tomorrow's is the uh the brand but um imagine if we get uh bigger work that everyone's like, oh man that the ad itself hits uh uh it's like going viral i guess like people start to like recognize it okay so it's what the kind of stuff that wins rewards you know it ends up telling stories people uh uh, uh remember it Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the dream of every artist is is really to create something memorable and impactful. I think that's that's great. Yeah, and to try and great get some more direct brand, direct client work. Uh, we're trying to. Um, it's it's not written on the website or anything. I'm mean, gonna have to update it, but I'm, I'm trying to look for the right clients and the type of work that is social, environmental, mm. and environmental good type of yeah, yeah, clients. Yeah. They could be for profit companies like. Solar energy is an example, but it could also be nonprofits and NGOs. Um, and that way we can get 
a little bit more of that storytelling experience. We have a chance to experiment, work with the client, and really create something that has an impact both to that organization yeah. and to society at large, without even necessarily going viral, right? Like just an explainer video can have that that impact. So I'm wondering, how do you market yourself? You know, you're you're Pamela Studio in Toronto. You worked with a bunch of clients before. How are like how are you marketing your small studio or getting new clients in when there's tons of studios in Toronto? Like we probably have like 50 different studios here. <laughs> yeah, and then you know what? There's there's less on the commercial side than yeah. than that. Obviously, there's there's a good number, and a lot of the entertainment studios will do. But I'm even time. wondering, like you know, the the big clients who have the dollars, they usually lock in with an advertising agent. Like I remember when I was working for uh, Jameson Vitamins, we locked in with the advertising agency, and we couldn't move anywhere. We couldn't move our budget. We had to commit like uh, I don't know, it was something like a million or something dollars to their to their to their services like we couldn't move anywhere so how are you able to get these clients i guess if other if they're locked in to other advertising agencies if that's the well I, I, that's it we, we're working with advertising agencies so we, we can do we, we work as a production company right with some okay. creative jobs uh we work with smaller advertising agencies as well that uh that don't have uh, a huge creative uh team Internally. Gotcha. So you're coming uh, in saying we have the creative, we have the people, your next project. Yeah, like, well, okay. we, and I say it right on the website too. It's like you work on the strategy. Gotcha. Uh, and we'll help you uh, bring it to fruition or help you, okay, cool. uh, help you make it happen. So it, it's sort of, um, I found that I'm not so good with strategy. It's a, and it should That's be fair. That's everything, good. right? It's like, good to know. I, I've been asked a lot about this. My opinion, I give my opinion on how this should go out, how the tone should be on YouTube versus Instagram versus somewhere yeah. else. But I, it's not my point of expertise. I'm not looking at the data. I'm not looking at at the media spend and everything. Uh, so I leave it. And the ideal client for us, they have a bit of a marketing department that retains a lot of that knowledge in house. They can write a great brief, essentially, right? Gotcha. You know, that makes sense. Um, and and that's and whether it's an advertising agency or, or a professional company. Now, working with advertising agencies, the, the nice thing is that even they even take a step further, they'll do boards, right? And they just need pure production. Um, so it, it makes it a little bit uh, easier yet. And we, we have a good working relationship where we can kind of breathe in a little bit of our own uh, uh, fling on things or change things up. If they animate it, like, Sometimes we'll even just do a 3D animation yeah. because the project could be that much better. And I was like, if we don't spend 10 weeks arguing whether this should be 3D and just get it done, right. <laughs> you can have it, right? And, and make it manage, right? So nice. Do you see a lot of other companies kind of following this, this business model that you've created? Like, you know, I've talked to a lot of small studios and most of them. You know what? I uh, think they do. They just yeah. directly do it. Gotcha. They do, right? Like if, if you take even a giant ant, right? They have their core, their core, uh, their core team staff, right? And then they just hire financiers. What I try to do though is that core team can't be overpaid for what they're doing. We can't have the overhead and curve right. on it, right? Yeah. We need to keep all the other people who are active, actively working on the work, paid well with a good lifestyle as fast so as then, possible. So then your advantage would be the same quality but cheaper, and that's that's kind of. It's it's the goal. They said it could be part of the sales stick right now. Yeah. Um, now I don't want. I have to be very careful to say that we're going to be cheaper, right, 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 uh, right. because it's uh, it's not necessarily true. We have been 
more expensive, not more expensive than the big studios, but definitely more expensive than other small, small studios and freelancers. Right. So, well, and it's a, you know, it's a, also what you're willing to, to, I know that some studios will take a big cut just to get a project in the door because they, they want to, we are, co- we are cost competitive yeah. to freelancers sometimes though. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. So there's some, like if an advertising agency hires a single freelancer, sometimes we can actually get the, the cheaper option, usually more expensive, but sometimes we can actually get a cheaper option. Um, yeah. And that's not that I want to take away from the freelancer. They deserve the right. too. They deserve the pay. But at some point, the world needs to understand that, like, you as a freelancer, you're a business of one. You yeah, need right. to operate like a company, you need to have the overhead. And, and and be able to get the work done as efficiently it's not about a quick buck right yeah, yeah well as a freelancer work. myself like i enjoy this because like i don't have to do anything to you you bring in the clients and when you have a need you just say hey terry we, we want to do some stop motion Are I'm you all, available? and i'm like yeah, yeah and that, well that's the other thing too it's like i'm not interested in hiring talent agencies yeah right uh, for talent or being a talent agent right so a talent agency usually minimum markup that they have is 25 percent on whatever right. it could yeah, be a full-time yeah, yeah, salary 25 percent, or it could be uh hourly 25 or more right so it's like at what point it's like okay you all they did and they did work i mean they helped yeah. coordinate and get people together but at the end of the day the value that they're getting paid for just finding people or just yeah. connecting them because it's still up to the company to go through their hiring process right it's still up to the individual to get the work done but now they're working at minimum wage, not 25 bucks an hour or something. Right. At exactly. least. Right. So it's, it's like, no, no, <laughs> we gotta, we gotta strip some, some things out of the system here. There's enough digital tools out there with LinkedIn uh, things. You can find freelancers. Um, you just have to improve our process of getting a, a, a roster going, but you know, it's, it, there's people out there. Um, and I could say they're a dime a dozen, but they're not. They deserve the extra time. So it's even the work we did together. You, you gave me your day rate. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. You give me the rate that you give the talent agents. That's not the rare rate. You gotta you get up that. This is a lot of work. There's a bit of extra lead time, and you, you gave us a little extra of your time for planning without yeah. having to think yeah. about it because you're getting paid well for the animation days. Yeah, exactly. Right, and that's the idea. Is like slim this down, you get more out of the person. I mean, so I always say. Yeah, that was something that surprised me. And I, I was happy with you because, you know, my other conversations with other clients is they don't, they don't want to pay anything and they want double your double your value, basically. <laughs> Sometimes I talk to people and they're like, can you create a 10 minute animation for my company? And what's it going to cost? And I give them like a very reasonable rate. And they're like, oh, my goodness, I didn't know animation was going to be this expensive. Goodbye. <laughs> like, yeah. and, you know, it it might backfire in the long run we might get a stagnant point right and we're starting to hit that in terms of revenue and growth and the type of work we're getting just like i might need to either up the rates up the markup so we can get yeah. to the next stage of having because it, it takes a lot of my time to both work on the work and activate the business where i'm gonna have to start hiring towards a bit more of either yeah. um and then i need to make money off of a bit more of either well one or the other right so it's a we might end up, you know what, dollar for dollar, if you run the business model, it might look very close to a small studio. Fair. But why why sit there and grind and going, oh, it's not fair, we're not getting paid enough, the clients are getting paid enough. It's like, no, you are. You just keep telling yourself you're not because you're trying to think about it in a traditional markup sense rather than totally. a value sense, right? Yeah. 
Well, it is yeah. a business after all. And like, you know, the, the toughest part of being a, an artist is just figuring out how to get, get where's the money yeah. to keep going. So I know, I know we're a little bit short on time here. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, what, what keeps you excited about running this uh, going, going into the future? You know, you've been, you've been in the advertising space for almost 20 years. You've chosen this new model worked on some really cool things you're planning on you know getting into more social impacts like what is what is what is the what keeps you excited about going forward with this new model um <laughs> you know what you could say it's uh it's well it's not money that's the thing that's that's what the beauty is it, it really is uh um recognition, recognition yeah. of the work and creating a studio that makes an industry impact yeah. that gets every single advertising and uh, 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 production company to think differently about how they're structuring their business that's a little bit more employee-based or staff-based or the people doing the work based, right? Um, and it, it it's so easy to get greedy. It really is. You get there, oh, I can just make this much more money in this project. Work them up just a little bit more because the client's got it. And you're just like, yeah, oh, right. You got it every time. I'm always having to hold myself back. Going, no, no, I don't deserve this. Let's give it to the people that need it every, uh, off the project. Like we need to divvy it up. My only job is to make sure that it's uh, uh, fairly placed for for the roles. Um, and it's a little chaotic right now. Sometimes people are. I will admit, I do tell people because sometimes I'll have work that's underpaid. You can say no. Right. Yeah. And then I have to front it because I'm trying to maintain the client relationship right now. So makes sense. Yeah. Uh, there have been projects in the past where I wasn't able to quite budget things correctly, where I end up paying it more to the people working on it than paid. Um, and by minimizing those happenstances as much as possible, it can actually reduce markup. A lot of the big studios, if they end up doing that, they have to make that somewhere else, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, right? So some other work ends up being grossy. Uh, well, these are all these are all just natural parts of of growing pains and figuring this out, you know, all yourself, especially because like you said, you weren't a super strategy guy and you kind of relied on that other, that merger to kind of head up all that strategy for you. But yeah, you said yeah. you weren't a strategy guy and then here you are figuring this all out. <laughs> oh, business, uh, business strategy. Business strategy uh, versus uh, animation strategy. Well, well, Jason. Or yeah. like advertising strategy. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been a pleasure picking your brain. I think it's a really cool model that you're building. I, I often think about it a lot in, in terms of just like what you're doing versus like what I want to accomplish with my own career because um, I'm still fresh at this too. So um, I think it's really interesting and, and uh, you know, I like working with you and I think it's, uh, it's, it's it's like different enough from traditional studios and freelancers that I think it's it's got something to it. I don't know. It's it it just well, yeah, I guess interesting me, is the word I keep year using. over year and I'll have a little bit new information about how it's going. I mean, yeah. There'll be someone out there that says it's not gonna work, it's gonna yeah, fall apart. And of course I'm gonna hit impacts. I already have in the past. I see a yeah. lot of that coming up. Yeah. Um and it's just a matter of trying to find what the new model looks like. I'm exploring co-op models instead uh, yeah. as well, but there's issues that come with that I, I recognize. But that is a true employee staff-owned business. Right, 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 right. It's just you can't make decisions very easily, and that's it being everything's by committee, so it's hard to, to grow off of that. Yeah, but, especially if you're getting, like, short-term gigs. But there's advantages, like, 
if you join the co-op, you'd be an owner of it, right? Like right. there, and, and you'd feel empowered to do more. But then sometimes you might have this like really rich project that you'd be like, oh man, I should get all the money out for this. But then it's like, oh, I'm working for the co-op. Right. Oh, I got to balance <laughs> Doing all, all the work uh, and I'm paying it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, there's, there's, there's gives and takes. So right now I'm trying to, I'm running for profit technically. Yeah. But, but trying to bring in some of the cult mentality. And I think as I grow, always getting those policies written in place, right? right. Making it firmer right now. I mean, what's to say, why not do a co-op for one project and a for-profit for another project? And also, like, people mean, should like... be paid fairly off of that project they're getting right there and then. Clients should be charged uh, more for that project right there and then, not divvy that up to the next one as much right. as you can, right? Because that's yeah. what the stuff starts to go like this. You start to get unbalances and people to feel like, oh, I worked really hard on this one, and hoping for the next one to pay better. And it's like, no, it's <laughs> got to pay at the scale of these right anyway well I i'm sure we'll got, come back in a couple of years you know, and you'll have it all figured out or you'll still be figuring it out and that's just as fine i think it's, it's just fine it's yeah. Yeah, yeah especially as like our world is changing and you know art is changing and the way we work is changing i think it's the perfect time to be thinking about this so yeah. Yeah. yeah it's been a pleasure coming on the chat and you know i'm sorry we have to wrap up so soon but uh thanks so much for coming on it's been a pleasure that's, yeah. yeah all right um yeah, and if you if you want to see some of Jason's work that he's worked on, you can check out his website, which is pomelo.studio, and I'll include a link to that in the description of this chat. And that's all for now. So thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. The music for this podcast was composed by Willem Mendo and the graphics by Luhan Wang. I encourage you to look them up if you've enjoyed their work.